Welcome to the St. Matt's 6pm podcast, where you can listen to sermons from our evening service. Ron, and uh, it's great to be here and it's great to have you here uh, as well in the building and for those of you who are uh, online, it's great that you could join us as well. Uh, As I get older, a number of memories kind of just blur into one and it's hard to distinguish them all as I try and map them out on some sort of timeline. But some memories remain very clear and for me, one such memory that is, is crystal clear for me is the moment when Julie told me that we were, go- we were pregnant with our first child, or she was pregnant actually, uh, but we were going to have our first child. I had two conflicting emotions in that moment. I was overjoyed on the one hand and I was overwhelmed on the other. Overjoyed at the prospect of uh, having a child, the privilege of being able to raise a child and be a father. Overwhelmed because I was acutely aware that I had no idea what to do when it came to being a father. I needed someone to follow. And so I looked around, sussed some people out, sized some people up, trying to find someone who I could follow. But I wasn't just going to follow anyone. In fact, before you follow, you want to know where you're going. I wanted someone who had the authority to speak as a dad, who had some runs on the board. I wanted someone who had a clear focus on not just being a father but being a godly father. And I wanted someone who could not only point me to the destination but someone who could help me get there, someone who could take me to that place. God was very kind and provided me with someone who I'm incredibly grateful for, someone who had an impact on me and by extension, I trust, had an impact on my children and quite possibly on my grandchildren. Who do you follow? Maybe not when it comes to being a parent, but who do you follow? And how do you determine who it is that you will follow? There's so many voices around us So many people competing for our attention, pulling us to what it is that they want, whether it be friends, whether it be the media or social media, or even spiritual leaders. Who do you follow? Before you follow, know where you're going. Otherwise, you might end up in the wrong place. John chapter 10 is all about spiritual leadership. And because it's about spiritual leadership, it's also about spiritual followership. Jesus, in John chapter 10, puts himself forward as Israel's true leader and as the true spiritual leader of all people. He is the one who claims authority, who has the leadership focus, and who is able to take us to the destination that we most desire. But to understand John chapter 10, we need to understand its backdrop. 
And the first bit of background we need to understand is that of the Old Testament. The Old Testament is littered with examples of leadership gone wrong. It also has some examples of leadership that went okay. The, the language that the Old Testament uses to talk about leadership is that of sheep and shepherds, the language that Jesus picks up here in John chapter 10. But we also need another bit of background information. And that this, this one doesn't come out of the Old Testament itself, but comes from that time between the end of the Old Testament and the arrival of Jesus. In the 2nd century BC, the Greeks were ruling Israel and they'd taken over the temple and some Grecian Jews were running the temple but they were, they were basically desecrating it. They were using it for idolatry. In about 165 BC, a faithful Jewish man by the name of Judas Maccabees, he liberated the temple. He rededicated the temple to the service of God and he began a feast remembering the rededication and reflecting on spiritual leadership. That feast you may know as Hanukkah. John chapter 10 calls it the feast of dedication. And at that feast, one of the things that would happen is an is a opportunity to re-examine spiritual leadership, to make sure that before you follow, you know where you're going. And they would re-examine spiritual leadership in the context of Ezekiel 34, an Old Testament passage that speaks of bad shepherds and gives hope for God himself being the shepherd of his people one day, a good shepherd. They would even read Ezekiel chapter 34 in the temple in Jerusalem. And then the other bit of Old Testament information that we throw into all this is that passage, famous psalm that was read to us earlier, Psalm 23, that talks about the Lord being our shepherd. With that in mind, Jesus makes some remarkable statements in John chapter 10. And we're just going to have a look at a few of them. The first one is all about his authority. In verse 7 he says, Very truly I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. Now, just before we think about that statement, remember when you see those words, I am, uttered by Jesus, it's quite possibly, and in this case I think definitely is, a reference to him taking on the revealed name of Yahweh, I am. I am, Jesus says, the gate for the sheep. Jesus gives the Pharisees, the leaders of his day, the picture of him being the only safe way in and out of the sheep pen. Thieves and robbers might climb over the wall of the sheep pen, they enter to destroy. The one who goes through the gate is the shepherd. But notice that Jesus doesn't just say he's a shepherd who uses the gate, not climbing over the wall. What does Jesus say? 
He says, I am the gate. Jesus just just isn't a protector of the sheep. He's claiming to be the protector of the sheep. Jesus isn't just a provider for the sheep that will take them out to pasture. He is the provider. Jesus isn't just a voice of a shepherd, but he's the voice of the good shepherd. He doesn't just ensure that the sheep have life. He gives them full life, abundant life. In the despair and anxiety that many of us have experienced, perhaps all of us at some time over the last 18 months, I have seen countless times where Jesus has provided abundant life even in the midst of difficulty. Christians still live with anxiety. Christians still experience grief. But knowing the voice of Jesus makes a real difference. There is loss, but all is not lost. There is grief, there is distress, but we do not grieve without a sense of joy at knowing who Jesus is. Jesus doesn't claim authority to lead us out of difficulty into comfort. He claims the authority to provide comfort in the midst of difficulties. Exactly like the shepherd in Psalm 23. Psalm 23 verse 4 which says, Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Full life comes not from comfortability, but from hearing the voice of Jesus, from listening to him, from confidently following him. So many voices claim authority, but the voice of Jesus provides peace. The voice of Jesus leads us to good pasture. The voice of Jesus provides us with full life. Whose voice do you follow? Hold tightly to the things that Jesus speaks clearly of and hold loosely to those things that he doesn't speak clearly of. Continue to discern his voice by engaging with his word to discern his voice. Continue to sharpen up your ability to discern his voice by meeting with others and being vulnerable and accountable with them in the things that you're thinking through when it comes to Jesus' voice. Jesus' voice has authority. Jesus' voice will give us full life. If we follow Jesus' voice, we know where we're going. 
Jesus shows he has spiritual authority. But he also has the leadership focus fitting for a spiritual leader. In the analogy that Jesus uses here, the hired hand cares about the job but not about the sheep. At the first sign of danger, the hired hand flees. The sheep are abandoned and they're attacked. Spiritual leaders can abandon sheep by being more concerned to protect an institution than to care for its people. Leaders can allow power to feed narcissism, making it about themselves rather than about serving others. True leadership focuses on the well-being of those being led. Jesus says in verse 11, and I think this will come up on your screen, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. You never have to second guess what you're getting with Jesus. Bad shepherds care about themselves. The good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. So focused on laying down his life was Jesus that he mentions this not one, not two, but five times in just a couple of verses that he would lay down his life for his sheep. Jesus' focus takes him to the point of, of the cross where he lays down his life. There at the cross, Jesus will not be the victim of a human conspiracy. Rather, he is a willing, sacrificial shepherd. There at the cross, Jesus will not be a guilty criminal but will lay his life down to take the guilt of others. And there at the cross, Jesus is not the subject of an angry God but rather united with God the Father in the greatest act of love for the world. And there, with the Father, Jesus will take up his life again. He will be resurrected. He will be revealed as the true and permanent spiritual leader of all who will come to him. Jesus' focus of laying down his life was certainly for the sheep of this pen, as he says, referring to the Jewish people. But Jesus also has sheep of another pen. Gentiles, he's referring to, non-Jews. And his eyes are on them also. He will lay down his life for them as well. And he will create, he says, one new sheep pen with one flock and one shepherd. Jesus is the spiritual leader focused on others. Do we share his focus? We've subtitled this series on John's Gospel, For the World. 
Because time and again, through John's Gospel, we see in Jesus the love of God for the world. We benefit from his sacrificial love for us, from his focus on us. Are our eyes focused on others? See, we need to be on guard. Me as a Christian leader, but all of us. We need to be on guard about our own forms of institutional protection. We need to be on guard about the danger that we can all fall into of Christian narcissism. We can become protective of our own pen, can't we? Kind of get comfortable with the sheep that we share it with and forget about those who are outside our pen. Each day, you roam the pastures of this world with people who Jesus laid his life down for. With people who are not yet of Jesus' pen, but people that he longs to be in his pen. Do we lay ourselves down for them? Jesus isn't asking you to die for them. He's already done that. But he is asking you to die to yourself for their sake. Are your eyes focused on yourself or are your eyes focused on others? How can we encourage each other to be more and more like Jesus in our approach to those around us? Jesus shows himself to be the one with spiritual authority. Jesus shows himself to have the focus on those around him that we would expect from a good shepherd, a good spiritual leader. But what about the destination? Last Sunday morning, my daughter and her boyfriend joined us at church, joined Julie and myself at church. We'd been down visiting them in Wollongong and uh, they just said to us, hey, we want to come back up and come to church on Sunday morning. So we're like, awesome, let's do that. So we left together, two different cars, and as it turned out, I was following them and that was fine. I knew that they knew where they were going, so I just sat in behind and, and followed. And that was all going really well until just after that photo, which just came from Google Maps. I didn't use my phone while I was driving, just in case you're wondering. And just after that photo, a little bit after that photo, of course, is the turn off to West Penton Hills or to Cherrybrook where we live. And uh, as we were getting to that turn-off, Emily and her boyfriend Connor got in the left lane, as you would do if you wanted to turn left to get onto Pendant Hills Road. But as you may know and may have experienced, if you stay in that left-hand lane, you won't get to Cherrybrook. At best, you'll end up at Hornsby. You might get to Newcastle. You might even end up at Queensland if you go left there. You need to know that the person you follow will actually get you to the right destination. Jesus not only points you to the right destination, he doesn't just claim that he can get you there. Jesus 
can get you to the destination that you need to be at. Verse 28 and 29 of John chapter 10 says this, I give them eternal life and they will never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all. No one can snatch them out of my Father's hand. Jesus' sheep are in the hands of his Father, unable to be snatched away. And if you're a follower of Jesus, nothing can snatch you away from the hands of your Heavenly Father. Because Jesus, by laying down his life, has secured for you the eternity that he promises. He will get you to the destination because he's already done everything that's needed for you to be there. With Jesus, your destination is secure because Jesus isn't working to protect an institution. He's about fulfilling a purpose, the purpose of the Father to bring people back to himself. You can be completely confident that in following Jesus, you can have eternal life and never perish. The Apostle Paul, himself a Jewish leader who came to put his trust in Jesus, the Good Shepherd, he puts it this way in Romans chapter 8. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. Jesus has done everything to secure your eternity. Nothing, nothing in all creation can snatch you out of his hand. If you're a follower of Jesus, you know where you're going. If you follow Jesus, your destination is secure. But not all follow. At the end of this story, some go to seize Jesus. No doubt, though the text doesn't tell tell us, others probably just shrug. Others were told, pick up stones to throw them, to stone Jesus. And yet some believed. Some put their trust in Jesus as the spiritual leader. What about you? Are you following Jesus? Are you listening to Jesus' voice? Are your eyes focused for the world? Or are you following someone or something else? At the end of the day, we all follow someone or something Before you follow, know where you're going.
Heavenly Father, thank you that in Jesus you have given us the good shepherd, the ultimate leader, the one who has authority, the one who has the focus fitting for a leader and the one who can take us to the ultimate destination. Lord, may we live as followers of him, listening to his voice, experiencing his comfort and looking forward to the end of the journey that he's taking us on. We pray in his name. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's sermon. St. Matt's West Penn Hills 6pm congregation is a collection of people who want to be changed by Jesus to have a deeper connection with God, deeper community with one another and deeper concern for our world. We'd love you to join us on a Sunday soon. For all the details, check out our website at stmats.org.au and be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss a sermon.